A few years ago, one of the kids in my online coaching program said to me, Coach Rebecca, I wish we could just go to a gym and have you as our coach. We would all be so happy and so confident. And that warmed my heart and I was like, oh my gosh, that would be the best. And that comment stuck with me for years. So now I'm going to do something about it. I am inviting gymnasts from all over the country to join me for the first ever Confident Gymnast Camp this August 3rd and 4th. This camp is all about breaking through mental blocks. So if you're struggling with a skill and you want me and my team to help you break through in real time, then check out confidentgymnast.com for details. Hi guys, on today's podcast, I'm answering a gymnastics mom's question all about navigating a grumpy coach that does not give a lot of positive reinforcement, but her daughter doesn't want to switch gyms. So I'm going to give you some some suggestions on how to navigate that situation and how to help your athlete to hold on to their confidence, even if they're not getting a whole lot of pep talks in practice. All right, here we go. Welcome to the Perform Happy Podcast, where athletes and their support squad come to learn the secret weapon for sports success. I'm your host, Rebecca Smith. First, I was a scaredy cat gymnast, then a coach. Now I'm a sports psychology expert and a parent. Athletes, whether you're feeling stuck or you're having the best season of your life, I'm here to help you reach peak performance and maximum enjoyment. It's me, Coach Rebecca, and today I'm going to be answering a question that I got from a mom of a nine-year-old gymnast. So she reached out recently and she said, my nine-year-old was struggling at the level four state meet. Since the meet, it's like a brick has been lifted off her. Hooray! My mom and I found your podcast and listened to several. They're amazing, and I already know what I'm doing wrong. Also, shed some light on her coach. Yay! I'm glad that you're listening to the podcast. It's there. It's just like some of the free goodies I am pumping out into the world to try to make gymnastics and youth sports a better place. So she goes on to say, if we're feeling her coach focuses more on the negative and does not give positive reinforcement, how do we handle it? Do we just move gyms? And if so, do we make sure the coach will help her mentally? Then she checked back in and was like, my daughter does not want any part of moving. They want her to move gyms for a number of different reasons. She says, I've tried to talk with her about it and she shut down. So she's in this pickle where she sees her kid being coached really negatively. There's not a lot of compliments going around and her kid doesn't want to leave, which, you know, I hear that a lot. I hear it from both sides. I also talked to a girl who's on the elite track not too long ago, and they're basically choosing between the yelling gym and the ignoring gym. And they're like, well, if she wants to be in hopes, if she wants to be elite, if she wants to, you know, be able to compete at a really high level, she has to go to one of these gyms because we're not going to move. So the family's like, we're not willing to move to get her a different gym. But we, it's, you know, it's, there's so many hard decisions that you make as a sport parent and knowing that your child is in an environment that's not nurturing them is so hard. I even had this conversation with my mom the other day because I was like, I wouldn't, I would not put my child and Hey, don't take this the wrong way. I'm just being honest. I would not put my elite hopeful daughter in an abusive gymnastics environment. I wouldn't because gymnastics is such a small part of your entire life that it's not worth it to me to have the mental health fallout from it. That's a tangent. My mom was like, absolutely. I would move. I would go anywhere for you. And I was like, yeah, I mean, maybe, but like, I would not allow my daughter, no matter how talented she was, 
I wouldn't allow her to be in an environment that I felt wasn't serving her because at this developmental stage, it is so important. So anyway, that was a tangent. You guys know where I stand. I just have zero tolerance for adults abusing children. Zero tolerance. So anyway, I'm sure plenty of you are going to get some backlash and I'm going to get some like coach hating remarks, but it's not that I hate coaches. I love coaches. I was a coach. I have so much respect, but if you're not kind to children, that's a problem. So anyway, okay. Then you've got this issue where the kid doesn't want to leave. So my initial reaction is always let the athlete steer the ship. Now she's nine. She's a little younger. If this was a 12 year old, it would be unquestionably. She is in charge of her journey. Nine. I mean, nine-year-old gymnasts are some of the most mature nine-year-olds you'll encounter. But I always say it's best for the athlete to steer the ship on questions of moving gyms, questions of quitting, unless you really do feel like your child's health and safety are at risk, then obviously you you mama bear and you yank her right out of there as quick as you can. But if it's something where you're like, you know what? She's got some agency here. These are her best friends. This is who she's grown up with. She actually likes the coach who's, you know, beating her down every day because it's her coach who she's, you know, who she knows and loves. And we know the coach loves her. She just has a really hard way of showing it. So let her steer the ship the best you can and listen to her. Now, this is something I talk about all the time in my trainings for parents on helping your kid through a mental block. Stop talking and start listening because They don't want to hear from you, like, it's got to be like this, or you should change this. They're being told what to do all day long. They want to be heard. So you want to listen to her and find out how she's feeling, find out how her mental health is going. Like, how is she liking her experience in gymnastics? You want to be able to just listen as neutrally as possible with curiosity and an open mind so that you can hear from her what her perspective is. Okay. And, and that goes along this. My, my next suggestion is that you're going to want to talk to the coach. Communication is huge. So you want to communicate with your daughter as much as possible. Now, I don't mean that she gets in the car and you assault her with an interrogation of 7,000 questions. That's like the last thing that she wants, but I want you to just work on becoming neutral, open, and curious. And I have a little paper up on my board for when I'm doing my one-on-one coaching that says, listen more, talk less. And I need to do this with my kids too. Listen more, talk less. So when you go to the coach, it's going to be similar. So your, your whole goal is to open the lines of communication. You're doing this with your daughter. You're doing this with the coach. You're not coming in and being like, you need to change this and pointing fingers and getting everybody defensive. You're just like, I would love to understand I want to understand you and everybody loves to feel understood. So this can be something that feels great for your kid and feels great for the coach. So what you do is you set up a time to talk with them and you go in with just like this list of curious questions and actually in perform happy. I have a whole script for this because it can be a really scary conversation and it talks about exactly how to get into that curious place. What are the great questions to ask? But the whole point of that is that you want to understand this coach's method. So if you're curious and you're like, well, shoot, it doesn't make sense to me how this coach is, you know, teaching children and being really negative and not giving any compliments. So I want to know where they're coming from. I want to know their theory. So then you go in and you ask, like, hey, I would really love to understand your method. Here's what I'm seeing. Tell me more about, like, how this brings out the best in the athletes that you coach. And the key here is not to be like 
tongue in cheek or sarcastic or judgmental because we don't want to put anybody's defenses up. We purely, truly want to understand this coach because these are humans and they're doing the best they can and they have a very time consuming, very physical job. So we want to acknowledge like, hey, thanks for spending all of your hours with my daughter. I want to understand your method for bringing out the best in her. You know, so what are you doing to help her to, you know, to become the best she can possibly be and, and to be confident? And then you listen and you listen and you listen and you listen. And, you know, they'll tell you like, this is my theory and this is how I coach and this is why. And, oh, that's so interesting. Is that how you were coached also? And what are you noticing? And you just find out more. Ask great open-ended questions. Keep them talking so that you can understand where they're coming from. And then after you feel like, okay, I understand where they're coming from, whether or not you agree with it, you now have some more understanding. This goes with the kid too. Now you understand, even if you're like, wow, that's so dumb or that's so that's so counterproductive, you're like, okay, so what I'm hearing you say is that it's really important for you to have people kind of like get broken down before they get built back up or you know, whatever it is that they explain to you. You just listen, you hear it. Okay. Okay, great. Well, that makes a lot of sense. Then you've heard what they're aiming for. And ideally you've heard they want their kids to succeed. They want these kids to get their skills. They want these kids to do well in meets. They want to make sure that they're thriving. So you're going to touch on like, what are the common goals that you have and the coach has for your kid? happy, successful, you know, what are those things that you want for them that the coach also wants for them? And you go, okay, wonderful. Then we're, we're on the same page because I also really want my kid to be happy. I also really want my kid to thrive, but there's this discrepancy that I'm noticing where, you know, I see in my own child that when she gets positive reinforcement, she lights up, she gets motivated and she really loves to please. But when she gets a lot of criticism, she starts to shut down and it doesn't bring out her best. And so what I've noticed is that when she comes home, she tells me this or she says that. And it seems like that's in conflict with what you're trying to create in these kids. You know, and you want you want to be really careful with those words. But, you know, if the coach says that they want the kids to be happy and successful, but the kids are only being successful and not happy, then that's what you you just want to like lightly touch on and be like, here's a way. It's like you're giving them the inside knowledge on your kid. Like, hey, I'm going to give you like a little hack on my kid. My kid is really kinesthetic. For example, so here's an example of some coaches and gyms have this policy of like, we don't spot because we don't want it to be a crutch. So if we spot the kids and they're going to need spots forever. So that's a, don't even get me into that myth, but that's like, it's something that was um, a rule at the gym I coached at for eight years. We didn't, we were not allowed to spot on beam. So you might say to them like, oh, I so I can hear you saying that you don't want them getting spots on beam because you don't want to spend your whole rotation spotting kids on beam and you don't want to be up there spotting when you could be coaching all of the kids. Like that makes so much sense to me. And then you might say something like, well, my kid's a kinesthetic learner, which means that she needs to feel things. And I've known this about her in math and I've known this about her in art. She really needs to be moving her body to have a concept be understood so when she gets put through the motions on something, it really helps her to click. And once she feels that skill, she can understand it. So that's when you want to kind of come together and be like, so if she needs that, how can we set it up in a way that she can feel it in a really safe way? 
And it doesn't have to take away from, you know, the whole practice, you know, so you're, what you're wanting to do is just create like a a creative moment where you're like, let's brainstorm. Is there a way that the method can be flexible so that your child's personality and their learning style are met? You know, if your sensitive little peanut is coming home in tears because they think that the coach hates them, then you're just like, yeah, my kid is really, really sensitive. The great news about that is any compliment is going to fire her up and make her feel like a million bucks and she's going to want to work so hard for you. So you're just trying to give a little insight, relating it back to what does the coach say that they want for your kid? And what do you know about your kid that can help them reach that end a little more efficiently? Okay, so so that's where I would absolutely start is those curious conversations with the coach where you're like, how do you feel like it's going with her? You know, how do you feel like her confidence is on these events? Like, what can we do to improve that? Here's some ideas that I have and I know work for my kid. You know, I just had a great, great, great back to school teacher conference with my daughter's teacher and I give her all the goods. I'm like, she fiddles, she fidgets. Her dad has ADD. Focus is not her strength, but here are the things that really, really work for her. If she can doodle, she'll be with you. She won't be looking at you, but she will be listening. And like, she's kinesthetic like me. So she needs to fiddle. She needs to move. And the teacher's like, oh, so helpful. That makes a lot of sense. So the more that you can work together and be your child's support squad as a team, the better. That's going to help everybody. So this doesn't mean that you are being like that, that mama bear who's just going to be like that parent. This means that you're opening the lines of communication so that you can really support your kid well and support them and having a better experience coaching your kid. Okay. So if nothing changes at that point, that's when you would talk to a supervisor. You would talk to the gym owner. You would talk to, you know, the head coach, whoever it is that supervises that coach and say, hey, you know, I had this conversation with this coach and it seems like they really have some great motives. Like they really want to boost the confidence in these kids. But here's what I'm noticing is that it's actually decreasing my kids' confidence the way that they're going about it. And then just say, do you have any suggestions? Is there anything that I could explain to my daughter or anything that you could do to talk to that coach and just let them know the impact that it's having? then if nothing changes, then you go up to the next supervisor if there is one. Maybe that's the owner of the facility and say, you know, I've talked to these two people. Here's what I've noticed. I really would love for, you know, this to be a positive environment for my daughter. Like, what do you, what do you think we can do here? If nothing else changes, my personal opinion, which you can take or leave, is that if there is abuse, you know, and that means that there's bullying, there's demeaning, there's isolating, there's ignoring, there's yelling, there's, you know, those types of behaviors, I would get my kid out of there. I would. I know that that's not possible for everybody, but I just want you to consider that. You know, if this is something that you've talked about, nothing's changing, and you're seeing your child's mental health suffer, consider it. Okay. Not everybody can do that. You might live in the middle of nowhere and you just cannot drive two hours, but you don't want to take that sport away from your kid. So, okay. So you've tried the communication. You've done everything in your power to like make those changes. We can't control other people. So it is what it is. So one of the great techniques I love is to teach your kid how to put up a filter. So you, you put up the filter and the filter, it can be whatever color or shape. I like a sparkly cloud of protection that only lets the goodness in. So that it could have like a rose gold chain link fence. Like it could be whatever kind of filter that they want. And in the only things that get in are the things that are useful. So those are the things like, let's say the coach says, you are never going to get to the next level if you don't know how to point your toes. The only thing you let in is point your toes. Got it. Thanks, coach. And you point your toes and it repels all the things that make it feel impossible. 
So if things are feeling impossible, then just bounce them right off that filter and go, what's the productive thing here? You know, or the coach says, you guys are so lazy. You, you got to step up your effort. What a lot of humans would do is be like, oh, I'm not lazy or am I lazy? Or they'll really take that on. What we want to do is go, okay, the coach is asking for more effort and you're filtering out the negativity and you're only letting in the things that are actually going to improve your technique. They're going to get you to a place where you want to go with your goals and your sport. So this is, I mean, it's big kid stuff to be able to filter out negativity, but it's a great practice to be able to go, you know what? I'm going to be so stinking positive that nobody can bring me down. I'm going to care bear stare my positivity so big. I'm going to be so kind that nobody's negativity is going to be powerful enough to stop me. I mean, that, if we can teach that to our kids and they'll survive, you know, the mean bosses and the dramatic roommate and all the negativity that is going to come their way. So they can start filtering that out. And then you, just like we've already talked about, you're focusing on what you can control. You're helping her to focus on what she can control. You can communicate. You can work hard. You can, you know, get a little better. You can do your attitude. There's so many things that you can control that can help move you towards your goals. Your coach and what they think and what they do and what they say is not one of them. So the best you can, we try to let go of that. You know, and I have this exercise in Perform Happy where we actually write out all of the things that you can control and what you can't control. And the things you can't control, we call the let goables. We've got the controllables and the let goables. And everything you can't control, we physically let it go. Because there's no use in stressing out over something you literally have zero control over. So you focus all of your focus on what you can control, your attitude, your effort, your actions, and then you can get where you want to go. Okay, so just a quick recap, let the athlete steer the ship, do a lot more listening than talking, communicate, communicate, communicate. And if you see their mental health suffering, reach out to me. I have had the pleasure of kind of bouncing off in the DMs, people like, hey, is this a problem? What should I do? What do I say? Should I leave? This is our scenario. I am more than happy to give you my time to help you navigate a situation where your athlete might be, you know, in a mental health crisis. That's a problem. And I want to help you. So if you see her mental health suffering, find a facility that puts humans first. If that's within the realm of possibility, that's where everybody should be. You know, the only reason I even let my daughter start gymnastics with the lens that I have on this sport was because I knew that the gym in my neighborhood puts humans first. And the amazing thing is that the gym owners I know who put humans first, they invest in mental training. They invest in PT. They invest in all kinds of additional, like helping the whole athlete. And guess what, you guys, those gyms also win. You do not have to yell. You do not have to belittle. You do not have to ignore in order to get winning gymnasts. Let me tell you. So it's possible we should hold these people accountable and move every single gym into this you know, holistic approach where they're actually raising humans who happen to do gymnastics, not just like creating little gymnastics robots. So that is me on my soapbox for today. Like I said, reach out. Let me know if you need any support making any decisions and I will do my best to be a sounding board for you. Oh, and I wanted to mention for any parents whose kids are struggling with mental blocks, 
I know there are many of you out there, especially as competition season gets closer, it's almost like like the, the fears and the anxieties really start to tick up. I created a new free training that I would love for you to check out. And it's it's just for parents whose kids are struggling with, with anxiety and specifically mental blocks around certain skills. So if that's you, go register right now at completeperformancecoaching.com slash free. Check it out. Lots of great tips. And I will see you again soon. Bye. Thank you so much for joining me for this week's episode of the Perform Happy Podcast. If you're ready to unlock your maximum sport potential, head over to performhappy.com and join us. You'll be training alongside world champion athletes and Olympic hopefuls. And I will personally take you through my research-based system for overcoming fear and mental blocks, building confidence, and finding your flow. I'm coach Rebecca Smith, and I'll see you next time.